Hey everybody, this is Flavio Romeo, uh, and this is episode 36 of the Hawthorne Towncast. And now that we're a couple weeks into the school year, I thought it was important to talk to somebody on the Board of Education uh, with all the press about masks, no masks, who's wearing masks, critical race theory, all the other things that have been all over the media and all over social media especially. Uh, I thought it was important to talk to somebody from the Board of Education that can shed some light on all these uh, all these things that are going on. Um, so I have the, uh, the pleasure to talk to Abby Goff, who is the Vice President of the Hawthorne Board of Education. And she was kind enough to take time out of her vacation. She was on vacation with her family when we recorded this. So uh, again, Abby, I appreciate it. And there's also a, uh, a slight error in the recording. The meetings, so you know, and I want you to write these down because the public meetings for the Hawthorne Board of Education are the third Tuesdays of the month. They are open to the public. They stream them. They archive them. So if you have questions about what's going on or questions about your child's education, simply get on the email and just shoot them an email and let them know. But more importantly, watch the uh, the meetings so you understand what's going on because it's pointless when you everybody complains after all of these things have been discussed and <laughs> So I encourage everybody to, to watch these meetings uh, on the third Tuesday of the month. All right. Enjoy the episode, everybody. All right, everybody. Uh, here we are. We're at the beginning of the, the new school year. Uh, we're about a week or two in. And I thought it was important for us to talk a little bit with uh, somebody on the Board of Education and, and more for my own ignorance because I really don't know what the Board of Education does. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy to have uh, Vice President of the Hawthorne Board of Education, Abby Goff. Abby, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. And guys, I, just so you know, She's taking time out of her vac. She's on vacation right now. Like this is this is like the last lap before the next school year. You're enjoying the last week, and and you got out at a good time because you missed the hurricane, right? I heard it. It's normally when we're in North Carolina, we're the ones fearful of a hurricane. But it sounds like it was the opposite this year. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> well, again, thank you for coming on, the Vice President of Board of Education, and this this I want to I want to get into. You know, the past couple of years, you know, especially last year with the pandemic and going into this year and now starting the new year. But first, I want to get a little bit about your background. So, so where, where were you born? Where, where were you raised? Tell me a little bit about your background. So I am from Connecticut. I'm from Greenwich, Connecticut. I was born and raised. Um, I, I found myself in Hawthorne. My husband is from Hawthorne, Hawthorne native. And we met at college. And, you know, the running joke is that Hawthornians don't leave. They only leave to recruit more. And bring them back. So, <laughs> that's that's so 100% correct. Absolutely. They only leave temporarily <laughs> and then they come back and they've multiplied. So that's me. I, I'm, I'm the product of that. And not only did he bring you back, but then he, then, then he brought you back and you got involved in the Board of Education. <laughs> yes. That's how, we had children. That's how <laughs> deep the roots go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so where did you guys go to school? Where'd you meet? We went to Lafayette College in Eastern Pennsylvania. Okay, yeah, I know Lafayette. What, what, yeah. Were you studying the same courses? or We were not. He was a history major, and I was a geology and environmental science major. We met um, actually at a 9-11 fundraiser event. That 9-11 happened our senior year. Oh, wow. And 
we met uh, at, at something that was raising money for, for that. Wow. Well, you know, we have the, uh, the 9-11 uh, ceremony coming up, which is the 20th anniversary. So that's coming right. up. That's coming up in Hawthorne. And, and I, I, I'm completely 100% honored to be asked to, to be one of the speakers there. So, so hopefully we'll get a chance to, to see you out there as well. You're in your hubby. What, what year Absolutely. did he graduate? He graduated from Hawthorne High School in 1998. All right. Hey, shout out to the class of 98. And thank you, <laughs> Mr. Goff, for, for dragging her out of Connecticut. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, all right. So you went to college and you were studying geology and all that. How how did it end up that you got involved in the Board of Education? That's That's quite a leap. <laughs> well, yeah, you never really know where life's going to take you. I, I had really thought I would end up like Aaron Brockovich and, and saving the environment somehow. And meeting um, John Travolta and working together on cases, right? <laughs> yes, do, doing something along those lines. But yeah. uh, fate had other plans. My uh, then at the time boyfriend, but now husband, went into education almost immediately after graduating. Oh, she so um, became a teacher? He did become a teacher. We both moved home um, to pursue graduate school, and I said, well, you know, maybe I'll go into education, and, and that is what I also did. So we both got our master's in education and both became teachers, and then I moved to New Jersey in 2005, um, both teaching in New Jersey, and then we had our first child, and I resigned from teaching, and at that time, started to pay attention to what the discussions were at Board of Ed meetings. You know, he was in the preschool, the disabilities pre-K, then at Jefferson, um, the annex over on Lafayette Ave Extension. Sure. And there was a discussion um, of that board at the time, so that was probably 2000 and 10, um, 2011, to, to take the full-day kindergarten program that Hawthorne had and that, you know, had been put into place several, you know, years before and to move it back, scale it back to a half-day program. And as soon as I heard that, I started regularly attending the meetings, um, really listening to what was going on, you know, putting on my educator hat and my parent hat and, and saying, we, we can't do this. So I... There was someone who had stepped down from the board midterm. There was an opening. I was one of nine people that interviewed for the position. When there's a, a midterm opening, it is an interview process, and, and you're selected by the acting board. Okay. Um, I was not selected at that time. A previous board member had been reselected, and then I, I didn't give up. <laughs> I, I had met some other people along the way that, that decided we were going to fight the good fight together. Um, another educator and myself sort of joined forces and we we ran in the general election that year that April so it was April of 2012 and we got elected wow congratulations yeah that was that hard to believe but but nine years ago it's that stick-to-itiveness <laughs> yeah I mean you know I think what really kept me going was just you know, being an educator and being a parent and being a taxpayer, you know, when you're wearing all three of those hats and you're really just being honest about what you think should be done, you know, it, it really was the kindergarten piece that, that kept me going. I had an almost kindergartner and, you know, we live in a place where in Connecticut, there was no such thing as half day kindergarten. But when we moved here, it, it, it wasn't all that uncommon. Our surrounding neighbors, Ridgewood, Glenrock, they had half-day programs, and and Hawthorne didn't. We were we were ahead of the game there. And when they talked about taking that away, I really thought that would be detrimental. 
um, and I, I just couldn't let it happen. So I, I decided to, to throw my name in there, and here you know, I am now. I really, I give you a lot of credit because most people, when they, when there are things that are going on that they don't agree with, or they don't like, or they see postings or things that, rather than taking action, they just complain to each other. <laughs> they just. <laughs> Yeah, they just argue and complain okay. and post negative comments about how much things stink instead of actually trying to do something to create change. Yeah, that does happen sometimes. Yeah, um, and, and you did I, it, so I, hats I off to you. Yeah, I couldn't sit by and, and idly watch that happen. And, and you know, at, at the time in 2012, there were no educators on the board. It's not a prerequisite. It's it's not, you know, you, you just have to be a resident of the town. That's um, not being, in, that's not, that's not a prerequisite. Like, you don't have to be. No. Nope. You and, don't and have listen, to be a teacher or an educator to be involved in the board no, of sir. education. No, sir. And that's still the same today. Same today. Same today. Wow, that's that's. You you only have to be a registered um, member of the town. You have to be living actively in the town, and 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 I'm I'm not saying that I think boards should be made up of nine educators. There there is a role, there is a place for different different people on the board, and and I think our board currently has such an amazing mix um, up there. Three of us are educators, different different perspectives of education as well. Um, for example, I am. An elementary school teacher slash middle school teacher slash currently I am a learning consultant. I'm an LDTC or learning disabilities teacher consultant. I'm a special education case manager right now. Wow. So I, I have, a, you know, that aspect, uh, that to bring to the table. One of my colleagues up there is a broadcast AVIT teacher. He has that to bring to the table. One of my other colleagues is actually just about to become um, the assistant superintendent in Lyndhurst. So she has that to bring to the table. And then we have people up there who have a, a really great grasp of the business sense because education is a business. Yeah. You know, we, we don't always think of it as such, but there is a financial piece to it. There is an HR piece to it. There is a, you know, a, a, an actual facilities piece to it. So we have someone up there who is very knowledgeable about the electrical trades and, and that, that management. And we have business people up there. We have, it, so it's a really great mix right now of business people, facilities people, education, you know, specialists. So the mix, I think, is what's special. Yeah, about I, it. I agree. I mean, but, but yeah. I would think that you would want at least an educator's perspective. Yeah, I, I would think as well. And that that's that's the platform I ran on. Um, and that's the platform I will continue to run on. You know, wearing all those hats gives me a unique perspective. But it, it, it can't be the only perspective. You know, the, the business side of it, the HR side of it, all of those voices are, are equally important. But I, I do think having educators up there is paramount. Yeah, no question. Now, I, I know this is going to be an ignorant question because I'm ignorant when it comes to this. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> it's a completely self-indulgent question. What does the Board of Education actually do? You know, you're not ignorant. And even when I was running and even people who run today, um, you you think it's one thing and it's really not. So the Board of Education is, is a body. There are nine members in Hawthorne. That's not... Uh, set in stone. That is something that Hawthorne 
has written in our own bylaws that we have nine members, but it, it can be seven. Some some places have five. Oh, okay. Um, so that's up to the town, up, up to each individual up, town. Exactly. Okay. It's up to the, to the bylaws of, of that board. Um, it just has to be an odd number so that in case there's a tie um, when voting. Sure. So it's it, Hawthorne Board of Education is a nine-member body, and our, our primary responsibility is to create and, and make sure that policies are implemented as well as set goals. We set board goals every single year, um, and as a board, we have one employee, and that is the superintendent of schools, and every other employee is his employee. So we... Um, negotiate his contract, we maintain his contract, and we evaluate him, the superintendent, annually. Wow, so, so, he, so he has to kiss up to the entire board, because you guys <laughs> control his future. He, he is an amazing, amazing man. That's and Mr. Spirito, right? Mr. Spirito. And, and, Spirito. And just take a moment and go back to my first few years on the board. My first four years on the board, I saw four superintendents come and go wow so why yeah. why was it like that the first it was one retired then we had an interim and then we had someone who ended up leaving and then we had another interim and then we found mr spirito holy cow so it's all a matter of a match right the perfect match yeah and mr. yeah yeah there's no question he is he is an amazing man so he is the captain of our ship um, and we, you know, that that's our, the board's one employee is Mr. Spirito. So the, that's the board's one employee. So, so Correct. what, what kind of policies, I mean, what is the, the function of the board of education? So we approve, um, you know, financial things, the bills, um, we approve on a, on a monthly basis, any personnel transfers, hirings, um, you know, th those for, are for all of the schools. Yes, okay. those are things that appear on the agendas. Um, policies include things like new legislation. If there's a new mandate, um, at one point in time, we had a peanut ban policy that we did institute. We, we had had some very serious anaphylactic reactions at the elementary level. Um, and then we, we did enact a, a peanut ban at the elementary level. That was re relatively early on in my career up there, so probably eight years ago. Um, many policies are mandated by the state of New Jersey, you know, certain things like uh, family medical leave, th those types of things. Sure. Many are mandated. Some are optional. For example, the peanut ban, that was an optional policy. And they tell uh -huh. you whether or not it's optional. They say, yeah, you can yes. figure out. Yes, absolutely. They come to us from, we have a policy company called Strauss Esme, and they come to us and they, they are very... Um, clearly written out in layman's terms most of them um and they are they are very clearly stated mandated or optional and then we we do discuss the optional ones and mr spirito weighs in uh on, on you know the benefits and the drawbacks of each one and there is a policy committee we are a board of committees meaning that we meet the week before our monthly meeting, we meet in committees to discuss anything pertinent to that committee. So I am the head of curriculum and instruction. And so anything that falls under that, we discuss. So if there is a new, for example, the learning pathways that were just uh, brought to the high school two years ago, we discuss that heavily in committee. And then it's my responsibility to report that to the board um, as opposed to 
everything being reported to the board all at once. We operate as a board of committees. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, because I, I really have no idea. Now, you guys have these meetings once a month, right? We do. Are they open to the public? Yes, sir. We have one public meeting per month, sometimes two. The month of June is two. Um, that is usually because we will have to have one before school ends, and then typically there's stuff that needs to be firmed up after school ends. Um, but it's usually the second Tuesday of the month. Okay. The second Tuesday of the month is when you guys – and where do you guys meet? We <laughs> – it depends on when. Um, we – Pre-COVID would meet in the boardroom in the borough hall, which is upstairs, for the first several months of the school year, so September, October, maybe November, and then we would do we would take it on the road, as we like to say, and we would go from school to school, highlighting something going on there. So, for example, um, in December, we would go to Roosevelt. And we would let them, uh, Mr. Pisacane, the principal there, highlight something going on in his school. Um, we would go to the high school typically in May and let them share with the board and share with the public their roller coaster projects that they do in, in math. Um, so we would take it on the road for, for the last four to six months of the school year and then bring it back to the boardroom for the summer. Okay. And how can people find out? Like, is there? Do you guys have a website, Facebook page? We are listed on the district website um, page, just a regular Hawthorne.k12 page. Uh, there is a whole Board of Education tab. Our meetings are there. The link is there. We are keeping them also streaming, even though we are now meeting in person again. Oh, so you are going to keep streaming? We are streaming. All right. Yeah. So, guys, listen. If, if you know, like I said earlier, <laughs> it's easy to sit home and complain about stuff, but like Abby did to to. Get online if you don't want to go down and you don't want to see the live meeting. You can you can get online. So you mentioned the website. Can you mention it again? Sure. So if you're on the regular Hawthorne.k12.nj.us, that's our main district page. Wait, you said um, it again so fast. I, Hawthorne. Hawthorne.k12. Yeah. K12. Okay. .nj.us. Um, along the top, there are a bunch of different tabs, and there is a whole Board of Education pull-down tab. Um, if you click on it, it'll bring you to uh, our page, our Board of Education page. And if you click, there's meeting information, so here's where you will find the links when they're available. So the agendas are also there. The minutes are there from all of our past meetings. Um the location is there, the date, the time. So that's really the best place to go for this information. Because I know, especially now, you know, and I want to talk about how when COVID hit last year and now starting this new year, when when COVID, when COVID hit, I mean, how, well, how did you as the board, what was, <laughs> I mean, it was like panic. I'm sure it was chaos. Yeah. The, the saying, the word that really just is applicable to, to everything related to education once COVID hit was pivot. I mean, pivot, pivot. And there's that, that, friend, that friend's episode, I'm sure everyone's thinking in their mind with, with the couch going up the stairs. Yeah. Um, but we pivoted almost immediately. Um, being in the classroom, you know, I, I was teaching at the time, so we we, in, we instantly moved things online, and we did the same thing with our meetings, just moved them online. Um, we had a meeting that week, so I believe it was Friday the 13th of March. That, of course it that was. Really, yes, <laughs> that, that 
is when it really happened. And then we had a meeting that following Tuesday, um, which we Zoomed. You know, it, it was Zoom was the way of the world then. Google Meet wasn't wasn't as popular as it is now, but we Zoomed. We, we did what we were expecting our teachers to do, and that is a, that's a huge uh, philosophy of mine, is if we're going to ask them to do it, we should do it. Um, yeah, sure. So we were asking our staff to do it, and that's what we ended up doing. I don't think anybody heard of Zoom before no. Friday the 13th in March. No, no. Uh, I mean, thank goodness this didn't happen in 1980. Can you imagine? Oh, I mean, I can't. It would have been a total blackout of education yeah no internet no way to communicate with one another yeah absolutely yeah no but but we we very quickly mr sprito and his team very quickly pivoted um and you know not only did we have a meeting that week i was in charge of approving the bills that week which typically what that means is a tub an actual plastic tub of documents is dropped off at your home and you sit all weekend and you go over each purchase order for the month. Oh my gosh. And because at that time, really nobody understood the spread or how it was spread. They were so willing, our, our BA at the time and Mr. Sprito and because the, the, the wheels of, of, you know, life don't stop turning. We had to approve these things. They wouldn't get paid. We had to have this meeting. Um, they digitized everything for me because we, you know, again, nobody knew how it spread. So, the, you know, the fear of touching and, and opening oh, yeah. it. So they digitized all those documents. And that's still how we're doing it now. So there are many residual um, things that came out of that that I think moving forward like Zoom we will all, we will probably always stream certain things now and provide that option to people who can't be present physically and I, I think that's wonderful um, but yeah pivoting was, was essential Mr. Sprito's leadership um, his administrative team it, it really was amazing and, and I have to tell you that this worked out wonderfully the timing we had just passed a referendum the year before a 25 million dollar referendum and one of the huge pushes in that referendum was being a one-to-one um district meaning each each student had a device and thankfully we had had that going um and already had the devices purchased because districts who didn't and then purchase were looking to purchase devices retroactively, the waits were, were months you and couldn't months. couldn't find months. them, yeah. You couldn't find anything. Wow. So we were so fortunate to be ahead of that curve. Um, that's really how we did it. We were able to have a device in every student's hands. We we were handing out Chromebooks to anybody who needed them. Um, really? So you, so for, and, and, and again, my ignorance because both... My my son, who graduated uh, high school class class of two thousand seven, uh, he went through the high school program in Hawthorne. My two daughters, we ended up homeschooling them. Okay. So a lot of this, you know, a lot of the things that you're talking about in terms of the board of education and, and the schooling, I, I didn't get involved at all because you know I, I was the board of education. You know, my yeah, my wife sure, was the pr- sure. principal. I was the CEO. I was the <laughs> superintendent of school. You know, I taught I taught uh, science Saturdays. You know, <laughs> and sure. So a lot of these things, you know, pass by me. But but the idea of a town, and again, this just goes to the the spirit of Hawthorne and the type of town we had. 
we have that 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 the Board of Education went out, you guys went out and, and made sure that every single student had a device in their home. Yeah. So, and I know a lot of kids hate it. I mean, my daughters hated having to go yeah. through college at home, but you know, have just having the device, because I know that was, that was a huge, huge issue Absolutely. early on. That, that was the key to success for us was the fact that we already owned them. They wow. were they were in our possession, um, at, so that was a huge plus for us because I know other districts weren't as successful because they had to wait to get devices in hands. Um, and, and you know you cannot rely on the fact that students have devices at home, and that was the position. Um, you know that that's sort of the referendum push was that we had to make sure they had a device in school, yes, but also it was able to be brought home. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of homes, especially when you have young children, they have one family computer. Now, I, I know it's changed. Maybe I'm just talking about how it was in my house, but, no, you know, no. it's one family yeah. computer and you have two sure. or three kids. How do they all get on it and go to school at the same time? No, and that that was definitely something that Hawthorne was proactive about, and that was a huge key to the success that we were able to get right off the ground, was wow. that we, we did have the devices and that we were able to get them out to people. So even if one, um, you know, had an issue, they were able to be traded out. We had people and staff at the high school, you know, on a daily basis at one point, giving out computers, uh, taking in the broken ones, um, their insurance, we would send them out and get them fixed, and then just making sure everybody had a working device was essential. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so yeah. now here it is. It happens in March. Everybody's getting laptops. It, it, obviously, the school year ends in June. Now you start another school year. Everybody's home again. Right. So you go through another year of at-home schooling, and I, I mean, it's 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 a strain on the kids. It's a strain on the teachers. I'm sure it was a strain on the Board of Education, just trying to manage all this. So Hawthorne actually did start school um, in person on a hybrid schedule for the 2020-2021 school year this past year. So we were in, in school at the beginning of the year. Um, they were in for three half days, the students. Okay. Was it, it was all the same? or did, Was it staggered? How did that work? Uh, it, it was two cohorts um so we had two different cohorts at the elementary level and it was slightly different at each each level um but at the elementary level we had two different cohorts one was in one was in uh monday and thursday and one was in tuesday and friday okay um and then everybody was home on wednesday and then we started to phase back in um some more time and then we slowly collapsed the cohorts and brought everybody in for four, four half days and then we slowly increased the time as as things began to lift and and the outlook began to be uh, more optimistic um but Hawthorne did offer some type of in-person learning starting in September it, it was called the hybrid option and that Districts was were doing- yeah it was an option right for the parents <laughs> Absolutely. It was an option and it, it, it was um, something that parents chose. So you could choose. The, the governor had um, put out the mandate that districts could offer a fully remote option to parents that did want that. That was for last year. Uh, we are being told that that option no longer exists for this coming school year. Yeah, so, so that's that's what I wanted to yeah. talk about. So now 
you know, by the time this episode comes out, we're about a week or two into the school year. What what is the <clears throat> protocols now that the Delta variants kicking up and everybody's nervous again and masks, no masks? What well, what's the protocols now? As of today. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as of today, because it is, a, again, pivot, rapidly changing. Yeah, it's, it's a moving target. Absolutely. Um, the directive being given by, by the, the state is that each district is to provide a full-day, full-time program. That's it. That's there it. is no option for remote. That being said, if if a quarantine situation arises, which the the, the that's also a moving target, what that looks like. But if a child is forced to quarantine, um, the district will have to most likely provide. That's not 100% firmed up what that looks like. Sure. Um, but that would be the exception. And there, w- there Other- will be mask mandates? There is a mask mandate. Um, Governor Murphy did mandate that everyone inside of the school building, staff and students alike, um, must wear a mask when in the building. There are several exceptions for that. Again, this is a moving target. Um, But the exceptions for that are excessive heat days and also excessive workouts, so PE classes. Um, So there are a couple exceptions there, but short of that, everyone in the building, when you're inside, if you're outside, you that that's also an exception. Right. You, you can take a mask break. Sure. Um, <laughs> and everybody could use a mask break. Yeah. So so how is it with uh, is it vaccine mandates or is it just that doesn't matter? Uh, at at this time, I, I actually just read his release. Governor Murphy just mandated that all staff, um, all adults in the building, have to be vaccinated okay. at this point. Or they can choose to test um, once, I believe I just read it's once a week or once every two weeks if they do not wish to be vaccinated. But even that's a financial strain. Who pays for the, who pays for the testing? That's all up in the air as well. Yeah, it's crazy. Ugh. Some places it's free. Um, some, some districts bring in the testing. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of variables there, yeah. So listen, guys, if you guys have questions, you have children, you have grandchildren, nieces, nephews in the school system, and you have questions, go to hawthorne.k12.nj.gov. I'm going to see if I got this right now. Hawthorne.k12.nj.us. Was that right? Yes, you did it. Hey. <laughs> did I get an A? <laughs> you get an A. So, you know, go ask questions. Don't don't just sit at home or go on social media and complain about why is this happening? Why is that happening? Get involved. The second, did you say the second Tuesday of every month? Yes. The second Tuesday of every month, they have meetings. You can, you can either go right now, you could still go live or just stream it. You know, sit there and watch what's going on. And if you don't like what's going on, like Abby didn't several years ago, she got involved. And now she's the vice president of the Board of Education making some significant changes. And, uh, and and really looking out for the benefit of all the kids in Hawthorne. Now, you know, mine are all gone. They're in college and, and, and out of college. So uh, it's still, you know, it's this is, this is the most important time in a child's life is the schooling. And, and when, you know, you read some of the stories and some of the... Uh, 
issues that that were some of these parents were dealing with during during the pandemic i mean hats off to you guys for for being proactive and being able to come up with chromebooks for every student in school that's amazing that was huge. That was huge. And, and that's, again, a huge thank to not only the proactive and, and the vision um, of our administrative team and Mr. Sprito, but thanks to the public who supported the referendum and went out and voted for it. Um, you know, that that made the difference. Hands down made the difference. Yeah. I mean, again, hats off to you guys. So I, I, had to have, I have to ask the question because I know that there's been a lot in, in media. And again, social media just it drives me absolutely crazy because, you know, people look at it like it's the news. Uh, you know, there's been a huge amount of press about CRT, about critical race theory. So I, I just wanted to touch on that a little bit and the positioning. Uh, I don't know if you know the positioning in the state, but certainly in, in Hawthorne. Sure, sure. <clears throat> so yeah, critical race theory, very big buzzword um, at the time. I, you know, I had to educate myself on it. it it's not something I was familiar with um, necessarily. Um, seems to be something that was uh, invented in the, the 70s, actually. So it's come back around again uh, for law schools and, and a challenge for them to think of, uh, um, you know, in a law lens, for a law lens, if race did impact, um, you know, someone's position in society. So I can tell you that the town of Hawthorne, the Board of Education in Hawthorne, we use and we adhere to the New Jersey student learning standards. Those are the standards set forth by the state of New Jersey. Um, critical race theory, CRT, does not appear in those standards. Um, and therefore, we do not teach it. We do not teach it. Um, but, you know, nonetheless, and, and I just want to disclaim here, small disclaimer, I am a one member of an I member board. And me speaking to you today is is me speaking to you as an individual so when we're we're not convened together this is another thing that is usually a misconception when we're not convened together as a nine-member board on a technical meeting day uh you know we're we're not speaking technical meeting you know business so um personally uh you know i do know that hawthorne does promote an inquiry-based curriculum for social studies because that is where CRT does appear but not it does not teach CRT Hawthorne does not teach critical race theory well and it's kind of crazy because I don't think I know I I wasn't aware that it was something that was taught to law students I understand why it would be but for someone to take that and just run with it and then start you know trying to filter it down to to a level where you know there's certainly not law school minds in, in, in elementary school and middle school and even high school. So right. it is primarily a higher level university graduate, uh, you know, course of study, but, but correct. It does not appear in our New Jersey student, student standards and it does not appear in the Hawthorne curriculum. Now, let me ask you, I'm, I'm glad you, you straightened that out. Cause I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that had, had similar questions, but again, aren't asking them because they're not going on hawthorne.k12.nj.us and attending any of the meetings. <laughs> I will tell you that we did have um, several parents come to our last meeting and did ask about it. Um, yeah, it's a hot topic. Always, it's a very hot topic, and I am always so appreciative when parents show up. It's lonely in those meetings sometimes. I guess. Um, and it, it's it's always very refreshing and 
you know, a huge, to go back to one of your questions and what is the, the role of a board member, a huge role and, and something that I try to do to the best of my ability is to be a liaison both ways to to bring information to the public and to bring information from the public back to the board and to Mr. Sprito. And and, you know, when people come to the meetings, it's great because the information is coming directly from them. Um, you know, I do try and, and read on social media and I do try and, and see if there's issues arising. For instance, there was an issue with an email situation where it, just myself included another reason why it's super important to have parents on the board because you're living it. I wasn't getting emails. Um, we use a student management system. It was just glitching. I wasn't getting them. Several parents weren't getting them, and I was following that on social media, and I was I was reporting back. So it, as much as we all try to do that, the best way to have your voice heard is to, is to follow the chain of command. You know, you don't necessarily have to come to a board meeting if it's something more to do with a building level situation, you know email your school principal um but i always welcome members of the public there i think it's very eye-opening for both sides um you know i think when you have parents there like oh i didn't know that i i did and and the same thing when parents speak at those meetings sometimes we don't know things so i encourage everybody to come or at least watch not only are we taking questions live um There are two parts of every public meeting where we um, invite the public to ask questions. Number, we start in the beginning. If you have a question related to that agenda, you are invited to ask it before we vote on it. The the thought process there is your question, your dialogue may impact the vote. And then there is a second part um, of public comment at the end of the meeting where you are invited to speak about anything you wish. but additionally, if you don't want to come in person, which we fully understand, I understand, um, you can still submit questions via an email address that's provided. And that email address is provided um, on the agenda and it's provided you know, when you click the link you could, to see the meeting, the email address is provided there as well. So you can still submit your questions that way as well and get them answered. That's great. And they could see the agenda by going on that website, right? Yes, agendas are posted 24 hours before the meeting, um, and then any addendum that is created after the agenda was created is there as well. Mm-hmm. So it'll be the second Monday of every month is when you'll see the agenda? Yes. Okay, or you could see it the, that morning, that afternoon. Yeah. Now, have you guys ever talked about, and again, I'm saying this for selfish reasons, have you guys ever talked about homeschoolers in town, or is that even a, a topic of conversation? Because I, I, I know now especially after a year of the pandemic, there are, across the country, there are many parents that decided, you know what, forget it, we're just going to homeschool. Has that, have you guys ever talked about homeschoolers or is that even a subject? So homeschooling is a very unique um, facet in that we, I do not believe in, and you as a homeschooling parent, principal, superintendent yourself, you, you can fill me in a little bit, but I don't believe that you do you register your student? Like, is the town, I don't believe we're aware as a board of education who's being homeschooled necessarily. Yeah, I don't, there's no registration process. You do have to, there is, there are state mandated testing. You know, there's state mandated testing they have to do every two years. Um, So, you know, you do that. And then there is curriculum, you know, you do follow curriculum and and you you purchase the materials, uh, teach the schools. There are some co-ops that, that, 
a lot of children attend. Our, our children attended a co-op with other homeschooling children and parents, and, and the parents were the teachers of the curriculum. But yeah, I just wasn't, I wasn't sure if that was a topic that ever came up. And, and I have no idea how many homeschoolers there are in Hawthorne. No, I, I don't either. I mean, because it is a, re- a relatively undocumented um, phenomenon. I, I don't, I, I, I mean, I know certain people that do, but the, there is no necessarily link between the Board of Education and, and those who choose to homeschool. I mean, we certainly, we've had students transfer in who have been homeschooled. Right. I mean, firstly transfer out to be homeschooled. Um, but short of that, no, that that's sort of where it ends. And and if someone, because someone had someone knew that I was, I had a couple of people that knew that I was going to be talking to you. So a question came up: Are you guys involved in any of the after school programming, or is that at the school level? How is that handled? Like, if someone has wants to suggest or recommend after school programs, what do they? Who do they contact? They don't even know. Are you speaking about like an aftercare program for for? Um people who need a longer school day or is it more no more like, like educational, educational programs yeah yeah after school educational programs or enrichment programs that certainly can be passed to the board office i do think that that's more of a building level i know that uh the elementary schools run certain things their ptos are heavily involved in that as well gotcha uh, so they, they certain schools do like a mad science program after school, and then there's other various ones, and I, that is more of a building level discussion. So uh, the building principal of whichever school, the respective school, might be a good place to start, um, and bringing it up through the PTO. The PTOs are such an amazing asset to each of those buildings. I was a Roosevelt PTO parent for many, many years. This is my first year where I won't be because my youngest child's now moving into Lincoln, um, but they do so much for each of their buildings and and they fund so many things you know the board of ed as much as any board of ed in any town would love to fund everything it's just not possible yeah. uh, with mandates and and everything else and so they fund so much so ptos are a great way to get those types of things off the ground yeah and the bottom the bottom line is it's just getting involved asking questions getting on these these borough websites and then talking to the principals of the schools and, and, and asking questions if, if there are concerns you guys have out there about about how your child's being educated or something you don't agree with voice voice it you know absolutely bring it absolutely. forward not not on social media don't bicker amongst yourselves stop doing that <laughs> Social media is definitely a blessing and a curse. And and while I said, you know, everyone tries to look and see what's going on on social media, it, it is, you know, we're, we're not supposed to answer things on there as board members. That's sure. part of going back to the when we're individuals, our social media accounts. So it really is the best option to follow the chain of command and directly go to your building administrator if you have an issue, a question, or a teacher, if it's something that you think they can answer. Um, come to a meeting, but each each PTO um, has their own Facebook page. So just for for informational purposes, those are great to be on. Oh, any that's a good parent, idea. Yeah, any new parents um, move into new buildings? Like I am a brand new high school mom. Uh, my son is starting ninth grade, so I will be joining the high school PTO page. That's a great wealth of knowledge. Those 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 parents on those PTO pages really help with like schedule like oh you know don't forget tomorrow this it's the elementary level tomorrow's red day so those are great pages to follow too just for for more um school related reminders well I I don't know about you guys listening but I could tell you that 
the amount of information and knowledge that Abby has, it really, you know what, I'm, I'm thankful. Again, I don't have kids in the system, but I'm thankful that there's, there are several educators that are on the Board of Education because, again, it's, it's kind of hard to believe that to be a member of the Board of Education, you don't need to be an educator. I'm, I'm glad that Hawthorne has a, a good assortment of people in different, uh, you know, in different businesses. Yeah, the mix is really where the magic happens. Yeah, Absolutely. that's awesome. Uh, guys, also, listen, in the general election coming up in November, uh, I know, Abby, you're running for you're running for re-election, right? Yes, I am. How, yes, long, I am. how long is each term? So every year, three terms expire. So we have nine members, and this year, three of them are up. That happens every year. Each term is three years long. So when you're re-elected or elected for the first time, it's a three-year term. Okay. And this is how many years you've been in now? I have been on for nine years. Nine years, and you're running for re-election. Well, I am. Uh, I can't thank you enough. First of all, just the fact that you took time out of your vacation. I mean, that alone. <laughs> well, you know, teachers, we love to, to help to get the word out, to help to educate, to help to, to answer questions. And that's that's forever, even if I'm on vacation. So I'm so happy to have had the chance. And I know that this was important. And anybody who has any questions or, you know, the beginning of school year. And so the timing was, was key. So I'm happy to have done it. Well, yeah, thanks again. And, and guys, again, I can't stress enough. Uh, I'm going to sign off. Don't don't hang up yet, Abby. Uh, I can't stress enough the fact that get online. Go to hawthorne.k12.nj.us. If you don't want to attend the meetings, you could. Do you guys record them since they're Zoom? Are they recording? We do. And we do. Those are available to the public. Yes, they're archived on our website as well. Okay, so get involved. You know, uh, go to join the PTOs, join their their Facebook pages, join them on social media. Go to these meetings. That's the that's the best way to to look after your child's education because you know oftentimes you know i'm not you know talking about anybody in particular but i think across the country oftentimes parents just look at you know just send their kids to school and then they come home from school and whatever happened happened but i know that that our community is a lot more hands-on i mean i see how how the parents interact with the kids and interact with each other and and there's a lot of passion for how our children are raised. And um, I really appreciate you sharing so much information, Abby, again, on your vacation. <laughs> Thank you for having me. All right, guys. Hey, listen, uh, enjoy the school year. I, I wish all the uh, the kids and teachers and everybody in town um, a successful and a healthy school year. I know nobody likes wearing masks, but uh, it's, it's one way that we're going to get rid of this thing. And, and hopefully a year from now, we... Uh, you know, we're in a different, different position. So um, enjoy the school year, and I wish all the kids all the best. All right, we'll talk soon, everybody.